Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow, that sounds absolutely awful, so we're going to cut that off right there. Good evening. We'll sing the rest. <laughs> Welcome to Charlton Live. There's clearly something wrong with the computer here. Hopefully we'll be able to play you some interviews later on. Right, my name is Louis Mendez. Uh, you're coming, uh, we're coming to you live from the Valley here on Maritime Radio. Um, we're going to be looking back at yesterday's 2-1 uh, last gas win over Shrewsbury Town. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley are Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Very good. Yeah, much in, more positive. In a, in a good mood. Yeah. Yeah. Can you remember how Red Red Robin sounds? Um, better than that. Yeah. Good. Excellent. And joining the the pair of us here is uh, is Nathan Munder. How are you doing, Nathan? Yeah, living the dream. Excellent. Yeah. Happy good. happy with the result yesterday? Yeah. Just a shame that we got cut off halfway through. Yeah, and then obviously now this. Yeah, it would, it would appear that you two are cursed, and I, I, I may have blew to up consider, a computer last year. May have to consider if I want to spend too much more time with you. Um, so on tonight, lift. Yeah. No, I've got the car. Uh, on tonight's show, on tonight's show, like I said, we will be looking back at yesterday's two-one win. We're going to hear, hopefully, our exclusive interview with Lee Bowyer uh, if the computer system still works. 
Uh, we'll, we'll hear that because it's a good interview. Um, and we also want to hear from you guys, of course. Uh, what did you make of yesterday's performance? What did you make of the performances of some of the young guns who uh, who, who, who joined us uh, or made their debuts yesterday? For example, Albie Morgan made his, his uh, full debut. Uh, well, his debut, in, indeed, uh, George Lapsley made his full home league debut, his first uh, home league start at the Valley. Uh, so let us know what you made of those two. Darren Prattley, I thought, was impressive as well. If you wanted to, to talk about him, anything you want to talk about uh, from yesterday's show, uh, let us know. Uh, as you heard earlier, also the, uh, the, the goal clip. Uh, we won't be able to play that either because the uh, the ISDN that you guys were commentating on yesterday blew up at some point, so that's not working. So uh, we haven't got any audio to play from the game, so I guess we'll, we'll just dive straight into it. But don't forget, if you want to have your say, studio at charltonlive.co.uk, you can tweet us at charltonlive, uh, or you can head over to the Charlton Live forum. There's a thread on there for tonight's show. So, Tom, we'll dive straight into it. Overall, I mean, <clears throat> important to, to get off the mark after what happened last week. Yeah, 100%, because... Uh... If you lose two in a row, I mean, it's still very early days, but you're a little bit, you do get a little bit nervous, um, particularly given all the issues we've spoken about. At first half, I mean, it's lucky we haven't got the highlights of that first half because there wasn't any. Um, nearly sent me a knife to sleep, to be honest. Um, but second half, we looked better, changed the shape, got in front, deservedly so. Um, and then when they scored, I thought, oh, Sunderland all over again. And um, we held it together. I thought Albie Morgan, when he came on, was brilliant. Um, and managed to nick a late winner, and I think on the balance of play, it was probably deserved. Yeah, Nath, did you do you think that we we deserve to come out on top? Because I thought I felt Shrewsbury had a yeah. fair few chances in both halves, really. Yeah, at the start of the second half in particular. <laughs> yeah, they they were the better side second half, second part of the first half, but that's um, not paying them too much for Conlon because, like Tom said, it was absolutely awful. But yeah, they had a few chances and they put us on the put us on the ropes a little bit. Um, did we deserve to win? I don't. I don't think overall. I mean, but then last week, I don't think we deserved to lose. So it swings around about, doesn't it? But I, did, I think we were probably a lot more positive second half. Um, but it's always nice to when the tables are turned to get a last minute winner. Mm. So, so let's talk about the team news straight off the bat. I mean, um, it was the only the one change, and I guess there, there really isn't that much room for manoeuvre at the moment. Uh, Jason Pearce out for for two or three weeks after that late challenge on him up at Sunderland. So uh, Naby Sarr. Uh, stepped into the centre position, but uh, in, just in terms of formation as well, I guess we noticed he, he, he tried something a little bit different yesterday. Yeah, yeah, obviously went back to a four-four-two. Um, I mean, Saar, as you say, coming in for Pierce was probably expected, um, and I actually think Saar played okay in large patches yesterday. But it was the formation change really that made a difference, and um, you'll hear from the interview why he did it. Um, but I don't think it worked. I think we we lacked enough creativity in the middle um, with Prattley alongside Aribo and Lapsley was a bit more he didn't get as much of the ball being out wide um, so I thought going forward it didn't really work but I also think we were guilty of just I don't know why I don't know if it was the formation or not but we were just guilty of lumping it long in that first half and bypassing the midfield um, but I thought the rest of the team I mean there wasn't a whole amount of changes that Lee could have made anyway given the size of the squad so I think on the balance, the rest of the team deserved to start anyway, um, and I thought, yeah, it was that formation change really was what let us down in that first mm. forty-five minutes. Because we actually started off, I'd say, in the first or ten minutes or so, we looked we looked quite bright, didn't we? Mm. Yeah, I thought so. I mean, because <clears throat> we were sort of running at them, and I mean, all they had really in the first half was lumping it up to Amadi Holloway, who kept losing to Bauer every mm. single time. We pick up the pieces, and then. I don't know, and then sort of halfway through the first half, we lost our way a bit. We were saying that we we wasn't making the second balls, we weren't making the loose balls, and we let them in, let them into the game. But when we, when especially Carlin, when he got on the ball and sort of turned and running run at them, 
we were causing them problems. I mean, there was a time where Lewis Page went on a gallivanting run and stuff. But yeah, we we started the brighter out of the two. Um, it was just, I don't know, we just didn't click, like Tom said. Mm. Uh, sort of early on, we had that, that counter attack where Dylan Phillips got the ball out of his mm. feet nice and mm. quickly. And uh, I think it was Marshall in the end who, who slipped it through to, to Lyle Taylor. And, and you know, just at the very start, that looked, that looked quite promising that like, we might be actually starting to move the ball around quite nicely. Yeah, yeah, we did create a couple of chances, but we kind of moved away from that as the half went on. I mean, Grant had one again later on as well, but too much of the time as I say we were bypassing that and we saw last week that how much their pace was it Louvrens and uh, Ozturk were they at the back for Sunderland Mm. Um, and they couldn't cope with Taylor and Grant at all and I think we saw in little patches yesterday that the same was true of the Shrewsbury back too Um, Beckles for all of his strength um, at the back he's not the quickest player in the world and Waterfall looked a bit uncomfortable having to deal with them as well so when we played the way we we tend to which is getting the ball into them quickly and trying to utilize that pace we look dangerous and as you say it happened there on the counter-attack but throughout that first half particularly the the latter stages of it we just didn't do that enough and I think if we had done more perhaps the result would have been slightly more comfortable we had a massive massive let off early on after after Mm -hmm. seven minutes I don't think I don't think that much was actually made I mean Alex Gilead absolutely had to score when uh, I think it was Wally's shot sort of rebounded up into the air and six yards out Gilead's there and just sort of the highlights again maybe was just slightly too much underneath it but Really, I mean, that was a free header within within the six yard box, and he had to score that, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, I, when when I first saw, it, I thought he jumped too early because it looked like he just looked, it was like salmon out of water. He just sort of headed it sort of up, and but yeah, it was a massive let off because as soon as it falls to someone there, you're thinking, oh, here we go, it's a goal. Mm. And what we didn't want is an early goal against us straight away because we were saying you looked at the bench again yesterday. If we was in a situation where we wanted to change a game. We well, couldn't have done it. We, so, I mean, well, we didn't think we would no. have been able to do it. But I guess as, as the game yeah. wore on, we probably did, which was, mm. was a, a nice surprise. But I mean, yeah, as yeah, as that first half progressed, uh, it became obvious that we we you know after our sort of fast start, it became we, we just started to look a little bit like we were running out of ideas and running out of you know possession and what to do uh, with with the possession that we did had. And then again, I think the Shrewsbury certainly had the better of the chances going into the break, and they might have felt slightly aggrieved that they weren't. You know, a goal up. I mean, Omar Beckles scored a header from a corner here last season when they won two 0 in the league, and almost did exactly the same. He flashed that wide, and then they had that that Rangers lonely Doherty um, drag wide from the edge of the box as well. Um, you know, they had, they had a few chances, didn't they? They did, yeah. And when I say that, I think we deserve to win the game. I don't think we were all over them or anything like that. They did have their fair share. I would say that Gilead header was probably the best one they had, but. On the whole, we restricted them to, to fairly long distance shots. I thought we we defended okay. Um, Gilead and, and Wally were dangerous all game, but we expected them to be. Um, and when Holloway was able to win the ball, the, the good thing was, particularly at the early stages and more in the second half, was we were getting to those second balls. It was that period from sort of 20 minutes up to half time where Holloway started to win a couple of the aerial battles with Bauer. And at that point, their players were then getting to that second ball. And that's probably where they look most dangerous but as I say we we restricted them largely to to shots from distance I I don't remember Phillips having a huge amount to do in that first half and um and as a result we obviously went in went in nil nil but um again if you look at the chances we had up the other end we weren't creating much either which is why I come back to the fact that it was just a pretty poor half in general Mm, yeah it wasn't exactly the most uh, exciting half of football uh, we'd ever seen in the valley, and then I mean, as Nathan rightly says, I mean, we looked towards the bench. I think, well, who, who's going to come on in 
in, in, you know, to try and change it up. And you're not really looking at any match winners there. But Boya, I mean, he took an extremely brave decision. You know, Albie Morgan's only 18 years old. Uh, to, to throw him on with, with half the game to go at home, first home game of the season, say, right, it's up to you now to go and change this second half for me. Um, and, and to change the formation as well, the tactics. I mean, that was a really brave, bold decision, really. Yeah, it was. But, I mean, like, <clears throat> obviously, you'll probably hear late when Bozen's in his post-match. With their, towards that second part of the first half, their, that Doherty was sort of getting on the ball a lot more. Um, he was getting a lot of space. So then if he wanted to counteract, he either had to put, say, Marshall there, which I don't think is ever going to work, or you'd put Lapsley there, but then you'd leave, leave his, lose his energy where he was. Um, but yeah, I mean, to be fair, it shows you know it shows how much trust the you know Bose is putting in the you know, the you know likes of George and Albie, and obviously he he certainly took his chance yesterday because he was very um, very impressive because he didn't hide from the ball, which is which is easy to do when you're a bit bit nervous. But he always was making an option for the ball, and he's mm. very impressive. Was Marshall who got um, taken off at half time, Tom? I mean, did did you have a view on him going off? I mean, do you think? Now we saw him throughout throughout last season. He came with so much promise after what he achieved at Bradford a couple of years ago. But I guess he hasn't. He's never really sort of hit hit, hit the ground running. No, not for me. I've been. I was disappointed with him at the start of last season. I thought he he improved, but I wouldn't say there were many games where I'd say he had an outstanding performance last season. Maybe once or twice, but I can't think off the top of my head. Um, I, I'm not hugely impressed with him so far this season. Although it's very very early days. Um, I mean, you'll hear from the interview we asked Bowie whether it was an injury or, or tactical. Um, but I, I just think I don't know. He when he gets the ball, he he seems to have so much promise, and we know what he's capable of. He just doesn't seem to do it. And like you said, that chance that fell to Taylor. Sometimes he can pick up the ball, he can sprint forwards, he looks dangerous, but he just doesn't do that enough. And particularly in that, I think in the first half, even the times when we did look dangerous was when Grant was dropping deep and turning and running at their back four. And when he started to do that, they didn't know how to handle it. And that's what you want from someone like Marshall as well. That's what he's known for doing, getting down to that byline, running at players, getting crosses in. And he just doesn't seem to do it enough. And as you say, it was a massively brave step from uh, from Lee Bowyer to, to make the change, but I do think it paid off. Mm. And then he obviously switched up the formation as well, which... Um you know, something he, he, he had tried the similar sort of last week, hadn't he? And uh, so tried it again, and it seemed to seemed to sort of you know bear its fruits. I mean, but having said that, at the start of the the first five minutes or so of the second half, mm. uh, I think we had three massive let-offs, really, didn't we? Mm. Yeah, and we, we we had we had a load of let-offs in the um, at the beginning, but again, we've um, got still got a young team, especially you're looking at George, because uh, I think George went out to the right, didn't he, in the second mm. half and. Albie was in the middle and then obviously Nabs Nabby come in. So I still think we were probably just get a bit used to it really. Um just getting settled down just to make sure they're um sort of taking the instructions on board. But we stuck at it like we always do. We always quite good defensively stuck at yeah. it and we come through it, which we, it was a, it was a dodgy patch because I thought we were going to score yeah. straight after the second half. Yeah, because we saw that uh, it was a header from Aaron Amadi Holloway uh, at the far post and he sort of nodded it down towards the near post where, mm. where Phillips did really well to get down and then um, I mean, they had that they had that corner where it ended up falling to to Beckles, didn't he? And, he, and his uh, volley went just wide. That was only a few seconds before we scored that. But even before that, I mean, Solly had to clear one off the line. Uh, one of their lads had sort of got to the ball first. Had Phillips had come right rushing off off the line and, and poked it beyond him. But there was Chris Solly. I guess Solly is another man who's you know he's he's started to become one of the more experienced heads, of course. Now that, that we remember, he's pl- still playing with a bandage on his head after after what he suffered up at, up at Sunderland. But he he was a uh, you know, someone you can always rely on in his uh, in his now testimonial season. Yeah, I uh, 
I didn't see much of this live because I was too busy trying to fix all of the equipment, but I've seen the highlights back and I didn't realise that that clearance off the line had happened at all. Um, but you're right, we said it in commentary that apart from Solly and Prattley, that the age of that squad, you know, it, it's exciting that it's so youthful and there's a lot of uh, time for those players to grow here and hopefully develop. But um, yeah, sometimes you're looking around for experienced heads and obviously I think Prattley gave us that yesterday. I'd arguably say he was man of the match, but also Solly at the back as well. And I mean, we've called him Mr. Reliable for, for plenty of time. Um, and again, yesterday, he was in the right place at the right time when we needed him. As you say, sporting that bandage, he's not one who wants to come off, is he? And despite the fact that whatever injury he had or wound he's got is still causing him issues, he was still out there giving his all. And especially at that moment, it's lucky we had him there. Yeah, I mean, Lyle Taylor was actually um, much older than I realised when I was, I was looking at yeah, his He's 28, oh, yeah, isn't he, 28 as well, actually. But um, he was the man who, who, who got us uh, the, the opening goal just beyond... The hour mark, and what a superb bit of work it was down that right hand side from George Lapsey now to, to, to dig out the cross that he did. Uh, nice bit of interplay. I think it was uh, was it a Revo sort of bit mm. in, in the build up as well that played it to him, but they, they gave him a little bit of space to make that cross Lapsey, but he floated it up in, into the perfect position just at the far stick. Uh, and Taylor still had a lot to do, but um, he guided his header in and, and two in two for the big man. Yeah, no, it was a great bit of play. Obviously, George came in inside to Revo, and I thought Revo was going to pop one, and then he's dragged it back and then he played. Um, Georgie outside, but he had a decent little whip on him, and uh, yeah, it was a good because I didn't when when he edited it in because I don't think you was sorting out the uh, thing. Yeah, I didn't you? see the goal either. I, I thought it went in the side netting when I first saw it, and it was sort of like a delayed reaction, but it was a great little header. Um, but again, one clear cut opportunity, and he takes it, and that's that's something that we didn't have last year. So mm, it's nice yeah. to see, like you say, two in two. Yeah, I don't. Well, what did Ben get five in four? Didn't he? I think like so. Yeah, but I mean, do that. That, that two in two now keeps him equal with Josh McGuinness up at Bolton. So <laughs> obviously, there's a personal battle going on there. But I mean, we we joke, but obviously, you know, uh, for all Josh's, uh, you know, for everything he brought to the team, some will say he didn't get enough goals. He got ten in both his seasons, which is not a bad return. But some would say if, you, if you're going to be pushing for promotion, which uh, you know, I don't think we are, but, but if we are going to be pushing for promotion, you need someone who's going to score a lot of goals, and he's done it over the last three years for Wimbledon, and he started off on the right foot. Yeah, yeah, and I, Bowyer knew what he was getting when he brought him in. I think he looked dangerous, not just against us, but in any of the games I've seen Wimbledon play over the last few years. He's just got that striker's instinct. I think it's what we thought a Jose might have when we brought him in as well, that kind of poacher being in the right place at the right time, and hasn't worked out for him, unfortunately, but Taylor does look to be that player, and also... The work he's doing alongside Grant, again, one of the things that McGuinness struggled with was being that lone striker in that Robinson 4-2-3-1, which is obviously working so well at Oxford at the moment. Mm. But um, yeah, Taylor and Grant together, not only their pace, but their link-up play, one dropping deep and one going on, they're just working really well together and they're setting up chances for each other. Obviously, Grant won the penalty last week at Sunderland as well. And I just think they're a combination that no defence is going to want to come up against because two sets of defenders have come up two slightly different sets of defenders and they haven't known how to handle them and uh, obviously there are going to be games where Taylor doesn't score uh, yeah Taylor doesn't score I refuse but, to believe that <laughs> <laughs> but again we're going to have the likes of Igor who can hopefully come in and change things up as well so I think up front we're quite exciting it's just middle of midfield and, and as Bowyer again said the centre of defence where there are still issues but yeah, another good goal for him, and as you say, so far so good. Yeah, because people say that some, you know, some sometimes you get people saying you sort of peak when you're in your late twenties for you know for, for for certain players. And so, do you think now we're going to see him at his peak? Because I think if you look earlier on in his career, he never really hit the ground running in England. But now, over the last couple of years of Wimbledon, mm. it just seems to be really finding his stride, Lyle Taylor. 
Yeah, I mean, he's obviously... Um, yeah, that's the... Well, not the myth, that's what I've seen. All the, all the pros say is you're, you're 28 to 31, aren't you? But if it means we've got someone, you know, in the prime of their career, so to speak, on a free, um, and he start, started the business already, then, yeah, I think it's, um, it's a great signing. But I think not only with Lyle, I think the people... The players he's playing with actually complementing really well, mm. um, and that's why I think he's doing so well. Because you got to remember, he scored one in three for Wimbledon, playing not de- no disrespect against lesser no, players. Disrespect Wimbledon, they're, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're not as good as us, are they? So, well. so I mean, <laughs> so that's what I mean. So I think he's, I think he's, he's going to be a very, very good signing, and um, it's a great start for the lad. Mm. Now, and I've, you know, for me, that goal probably came a little bit against a run of play, oh. but the, the 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 best thing about it is it just completely stopped. Shrewsbury in their tracks because like I say they'd had this really lively start to the to the second half and that really seemed to knock the stuffing out of them for the next 10-15 minutes yeah and that's exactly what we needed to do because as we said going in at half time I think we were slightly on the back foot we've been disappointing towards the end of that half we came out second half they started well and they created a couple of chances and you just think we, we needed to silence them um, and that's exactly what we did and, and as we say again it comes back to having a poacher in front of goal that can just put that chance away and I think after that again, Shrewsbury did grow back into the game again. Then, obviously, getting the goal as well. Um, but I thought that was where perhaps we really needed to try and kick on once we got that goal, and we didn't quite do that, which was which was disappointing. Yeah, sort of peppered throughout the, uh, the the game, we saw a little little bits and pieces of what Carlin Grant's all about in terms of running. Now, whether you used to used to watch videos of the, of the goals he used to score for the twenty threes and the eighteens, he used to always seem to run for an absolute mile with the ball before doing that. We saw it early on in in the first half where he. Sort of, I don't know if it was a shot or a cross because there was someone at the far post trying to mm. trying to touch it home as well, where he flashed it across the face of goal. But then we saw it again, uh, sort of midway through the second half, where he ran towards the edge of the box and his curler just just had a little touch wide. You're speaking, just seeing flashes of it, and he could see he was working really hard. And I'm so so glad he got his reward uh, sort of later on. Um, it was interesting to note as well. I've always wondered if um, the, the fact that the Shrewsbury manager Donaski. Uh, wasn't actually in the in the dugout. Now the reason uh, he, he's the reason he wasn't. I thought I thought I'd just bring this up because it made me laugh when I, when I read it yesterday. Uh, he's he's serving the remainder of a touchline ban. I think uh, yesterday was the final game of it for something he did whilst he was a Macclesfield Town manager last season. They won the National League Macclesfield on on no budget at all, which is why he got the Shrewsbury job. He got a big job after doing so well. But the reason he hasn't actually been in the dugout for any games yet is because uh, in, in, during a three two win over Woking. Uh, at one point <laughs> on the sidelines, uh, I think they were two one up at, uh, at the time. He got fuming. He was furious with the fourth official or the referee for something, uh, and uh, uh, decided to target the fourth official uh, by kicking a puddle at him like a child, <laughs> which I thought was excellent, excellent stuff. I mean, there's nothing, nothing I like more than uh, someone who's just petulant, and uh, you know, more of that on the football pitch, please. So, shame he wasn't playing. Yes- uh, he wasn't in the dugout yesterday to do some more of that. But it was his team that then. I, again, even with with John Lewis's goal, I don't I don't think it really like I, I didn't really feel like we're under pressure. But it's just that point. I mean, when when you watch it back, it doesn't look like a good goal to concede, does it? They get an easy run down down the down the wing there in the cross, and the, the cross is sort of landed in between two people. It's a good header from from uh, from John Lewis, but I, I don't think Bo would be too happy when he's seen that one back. No, I think there was a lot of similarities between that one and Sunderland's second. It was um, a deep cross, back post. Both of them were good headers. We will give them their due, but. They were too similar, and um, as much as as obviously Naby and BFG had a good game in you know certain aspects, they're the sort of crosses that I would expect Jason Pierce to be on the end of, and that's my only concern um, with Pierce out of the squad is is those sort of 
those sort of crosses. It's just, I don't know. I just feel really uneasy. Um, but yeah, the similar the Bowyer wasn't wasn't happy with it because they're both similar to last week. But again, I I've, yeah, I, I just started. I was like Tom. I thought, I was like, please don't let it happen again because I thought they had the men, they had the momentum and then they kept winning the second balls. Um, so yeah, I thought we was on the back foot again a little bit. But up until then, yeah, they didn't really pepper us that much. Mm. Um, I mean, quick question mark over the defending. So I thought. Overall, I mean, I know they had a few chances, but overall, we didn't look too too shaky at the back. No, I thought on, on the whole we defended well. As I said earlier, we restricted them in the first half to fairly long distance chances, and it was just that quick free kick which we fell asleep at. It, it's one of those balls that you it's very difficult to defend it when it comes in like that, like Nature's with the, the second Sunderland goal because it's travelling towards that back post anyway. It just needs the lightest touch from anyone. It's behind the back four already, so they're already running backwards towards their own goal. So there's almost nothing you can do when the ball comes in like that. What you've got to try and do is stop the cross coming in in the first place. And as I say, because they took that free kick so quickly, we just fell asleep a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was um, obviously with what happened last week, you immediately think, right, it's happening again. And are they now going to go on and take the initiative? And obviously that didn't happen this time, which, yeah. is, which was good. Yeah, because I guess after something like that happens, it is now about how you're going to react to it. Yeah. And I've, I've always said, like, you know, we know the squad is small and we know. Uh, you know, there, there's not a great deal on the bench that that, that, that tends to be ready to, to to be brought on at the moment. But you also know, under, under Bowyer and Jacko, you, you're certainly going to get a fair bit of character from from the lads as well and hard work. And that's and that's what you need when when you find yourself up up against the wall, like a you know when you've just conceded late on. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think uh, even though they we they you know they scored pretty late on again, um, I still felt the players still, you know, they didn't deflate they still was trying to be positive they still wanted to get on the ball like you know Albie Morgan still wanted to get on the ball it could have been easy for the younger lads to sort of hide because they, you know they were scared but they again everyone was positive um, and we kept going for it and obviously we got our just deserves at the end but yeah no it was nice to see like you say with the character of Bose and Jacko instilling is just just keep going you know because previously I've definitely maybe even last year or the year before we I think we probably would have lost that game mm. Uh, but we didn't lose it. We went on to win it, and uh, plenty about the, the quality of the guy. I mean, just uh, for starters, a little dinky ball over the top from uh, from Albie Morgan was impressive, and Prattley uh, did well to to dig out across there under a little bit of pressure. And Carl in there, you know, gambled at the near post, and uh, I didn't even realise till I watched the the goal back on the on the telly when I got home last night. But it actually went in via the post mm. uh, at the near stick because I did wonder how he managed to beat the keeper at his near post, but it was right on the. Uh, uh, you know, right on the edge, uh, in, in off the post, and uh, I mean, f- for starters, I mean, Carl and Grant deserved that goal, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Not only for his work yesterday, but I think since he's come into the side, I thought last week he was decent. Um, he obviously had that break in the first half yesterday, and it was only a brilliant tackle from Haynes that stopped him scoring there as well. I think he's looked really good so far and carried on that form that he had at Crawley last year. So, fully deserved the goal. But yeah, in terms of the build-up as well, Albie Morgan, as I say. For someone so young and making his first team debut, he looked so assured. Uh, it was a lovely ball through to Prattley, and then there was no messing around with Prattley. Then he just turned because obviously he had his back to goal and sort of twisted for, away from the defender and just hit it in first time. It was a good cross, and Grant gambled on it. And that's exactly what you've got to do in the box. It's something again that maybe three, four years ago when he was chucked in as a 16 or 17 year old he wouldn't have done but he's got that experience now at this level made the right run and and as you say did really well to get that header in in the near post because there wasn't a lot of space there but he found the little gap and yeah and we're back ahead yeah still five still five minutes of added time to be played but I think we saw that out fairly 
fairly comfortably and you know just in terms of a, a Philip after like I say after last week where you know complete opposite happened and we conceded in the in the last minute to, to, to you know to, to go on and get that win in the last minute in front of the home crowd obviously it was a sparse crowd and you know in a sparse squad <laughs> unfortunately but just uh you know little moments like that is sort of why it's in you know important really for the morale of the club and and, and certainly for the morale of the squad yeah no definitely because you've got to enjoy moments like this because um there'll be there probably will be home games where they're not going to be so enjoyable might not be like nil nil against i mean Walsall or something like that but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you've got to enjoy these moments because you know there's certain elements at the moment in the club that we're probably not enjoying so things like this we've got to enjoy them and and celebrate especially with obviously with the people like Albie and George coming through I mean how important like say getting that match winning moment could be for for the likes of Carlin because you know we, we talked about him over the years now it's three or four years he's been playing and, and you forget he's literally only 20 and hmm. um, the, the fact that he's now I mean I, I saw for the goals he got towards the end of last season the goals he was even getting uh, for Charlton just before we, we, we shipped him out to Crawley I just started to think well maybe he's now he's going to start to mature and really sort of you know stamp his authority on this side this this could be his big season I think there's, that chance is definitely there and he got interviewed after the game and he's a confident Young man, isn't he? He does. He doesn't talk like it's a breakthrough. He just goes, "Well, I'm here to score goals, and that's what I'm doing." And he expects this from himself, which is good. And he's got all the talent there. And like I say, not just his pace, but his finishing. We've seen it at all other levels as well. He's got intelligence now. He those little decisions that he's starting to make just, just come from experience, which again sounds mad considering he's only 20. But he has now had that little bit of experience in the in the football league, and. Um, yeah, you would think, all being well, he's only going to improve here. And the likes of Bowyer and Jackson, they're, they're building a good uh, mentality within the squad. There seems to be a feel-good factor within them. I know it's only a small group, but you, those under those two players, you're not going to get a lack of effort and they seem to be a fairly good vibe around them. And, and whilst they do, players like Grant are, are hopefully going to thrive under that. Mm. Uh, and also, if you think about it, you know, thinking about Lee Bowyer, still a very inexperienced manager, um, for him to to make a tactical switch at, at half time and for that to cut, to pay off and and to help win a game and certainly help you know change the the way the game was going and then for obviously for us to nick it at the end I mean that's that's got that's got to be a good sign because I guess people are always going to wonder you know when it, when he came in towards the end of last season that he, he hit the ground running but it didn't really need to change things that often uh, during games uh, you know for him to have to do that this this week and for it to to come off I think that'll be he'll be very pleased with that oh yeah definitely because it's still, it, it's always easy um, to you know to shove you know Albie or Taylor Maloney on or something like if you're three 0 up at home it's going to be easy to do that but to do it at nil nil um, it shows a lot of trust uh, you know a lot of confidence in the young lads to come in and do the job and I think yeah Albie yesterday but even even to an extent Carlin like this year and George it's it must be good for them and it's it'll also be good for the other youngsters on the fringes so even mm. like. Taylor Maloney's even uh, Alfie Dalton and stuff like that it shows them if they work hard they could be in the same position so I think it bodes well for anyone looking up to the first team Right excellent um, don't forget you can have your say on this evening's Charlton Live you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk you can tweet us at Charlton Live or you can head over to the Charlton Live forum there's a thread on there for tonight's show we want to know what you made of yesterday's win uh, Bayer's tactical changes at half time of course bringing on Albie Morgan 
for his impressive debut. Uh, anything you want to say, really, about yesterday's game? And, of course, you know, there's other stuff that's happened this week. Jed Steer's coming on loan, if you want to talk about him. Because I think we'll have to debate at some point later on in the show, you know, where does that leave the number one spot? I know you asked Boya during the interview there, Tom. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll we'll discuss that in, in our minds, who we think will be number one. Like, so you can talk about Albie Morgan as well. Uh, look ahead to Milton Keynes on the Tuesday, if everyone's looking forward to that cup game as well. So we'll, we'll chat about that. But first things first, let's have a listen to what Lee Bowyer had to say after uh, yesterday's last Garth's win. Uh, now, anyone who was listening right at the start of the show will notice that Red Red Robin sounded really weird. So there's, there's currently something wrong with the desk. So if this sounds really weird... I'm going to seamlessly play it over my laptop and hold that up to the microphone for you <laughs> uh, because I, I want to make sure you can hear it. But this is what Lee Boyer had to say after yesterday's 2-1 win against Shrewsbury. Joined by Lee Boyer after chance 2-1 win over Shrewsbury. Lee on the receiving end of a last-minute goal last week. Now the roles are reversed. You must be delighted. Yep, it's always nice to score late. There's there's not really much time for them to to get back into it and get the equaliser. So. But... Um, yeah, I think they did, the lads deserved that, especially with the second half performance and uh, the way we, we we got beat last weekend because they they didn't deserve that either. So, uh, but yeah, no, I thought um, I thought they done well today, second half especially. You started with a four four two first half um, as opposed to the three at the back we'd seen last week. What was your thinking behind that? Um, just I I, I just thought would be better to play Naby and Pat in their natural position, you know. They're playing against one mm. striker. Just play them in their natural position. Didn't want to try and complicate it. Um, Page, you play against your winger. Souls play against your winger. And, and then play the two up top, obviously. And then hopefully we pass through them and try and drag them about a bit and, and then get it up to our front too which was always going to cause problems but in the first half first 20 minutes I thought we'd done that well but then the second second part of the first half their city midfielder seemed to get a bit more ball when he was winning second balls because it, it just became like a long ball game to me the last 20 minutes and that's what they want so then it it just didn't look good mm. from the side so then I, I knew I had to change it and, and go to the three and, and then I put Solly on, on the left side. People must have been thinking, what's he doing? Like, <laughs> Solly's on the left side, Naby's on the right side. They're on the wrong sides. Like, But th- there was a thinking behind it because you had Wally, who's their best player, mm. playing out wide. So then obviously I don't really want him running against Naby. And their left, wing, their left winger was a lot taller as well so I don't really want them hitting long diags onto Solly so that, that was my thinking behind it just to clear that up in case people think <laughs> I'm crazy um, that there was a philosophy behind the pair of them so uh, yeah and then obviously I brought young Albion to, to get us get on the ball because I know he can play and he's good in possession he's got a good range of passing and I didn't think it would phase him so I think he'd he done well all pre-season. He was just unfortunate in the pre-season game that he got injured. Otherwise, maybe he'd have been starting. You know, you never know. But I think him and George. George, again, was excellent. The poor lad come off with cramp, you know. That's how much he's given us. Right. Um, and then you, you've got your experienced lads. Prattley, Chris Solly, you know, like they're putting their bodies on the line. And 
winning ball after ball. Prattley was just everywhere today. Then you've got your two up top, you, you, Lowell and, and Carl, and just they look dangerous all day. Jai Rebo again, excellent, you know. Pagey, um, like I can keep going on and on. I thought Nabby done well. I thought Nabby played well, you mm. know, in possession, second half. He was passing it around, he was stepping in, which we, we wanted him to do. And So, no, I think I think everybody, more so second half, we, we was much better, much better than what I'm used to seeing. I went mad at half-time because that just wasn't good enough the first half. Um, you mentioned, obviously, Albie Morgan coming on. Um, firstly, a bit more about his performance, and secondly, was it an injury to Mark Marshall or was it purely the change in the formation that led to that decision? Um, no, no, there was no injury to Marsh. Um, I think we had to put someone to get in and around their city midfielder out of possession and, and Albie can do that and in possession I know what he can bring us in possession you know so that was that was the reason why Marsh come off and, and Albie went on and I thought Albie for a young kid to come on for his first appearance like proper appearance I, I thought he was um, done very well and I just told him just told him that in the dressing room him. Taylor then obviously gets us ahead his second goal in two games proving a good bit of business so far yep yep I knew that's what he was going to do I knew he was going to bring goals he don't score 18 goals last season and become a bad player he, he's, he, he had one chance a day and he took it and, and that's what he does so we see that every day in training and I can't wait till he gets two chances because then he'll take them both <laughs> <laughs> and when they get themselves level is there a worry given what happened last week that it's going to happen again no, no, I, like, I honestly believe because we, it's not like they was dominating us at that time. It was just a free kick. They took it quick, got it wide, crossed it before we could stop the cross and then the, the fellas obviously lost one of our lads in the box. I, I haven't seen it, but it was that quick. Mm. And and then I knew, always knew, like, listen, just keep passing the ball, keep moving the ball and, and every time we went forward, we looked like we looked dangerous and, and we could create something. So we have to keep polishing up on... And then around the final third because we're a bit sloppy at times, you know. But we'll improve in that area and 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 we'll, we'll get it right. So, Carlin obviously grabbing the winner late on, as I say. Obviously, given what happened last week, a uh, good thing to happen. But also, given his performances the last two games, something I think he's deserved as well. Yep, yep. Carlin's been excellent since he's come back. Uh, best thing that happened to him was going to Crawley last season. Mm. Um. And he's carried on that before, that sort of form, hasn't he? Yeah, his confidence is there, and and we 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 me Jacko keep telling him, look, you're a good player, you know. Um, don't doubt yourself. You, you've got all the ability. Just keep showing everyone and and, and believe in yourself, mm. because that's all half of these lads need. They just need to believe in themselves because they're good players, and that's what I said to them half time, and after the game, like. As soon as you start realising that you're flipping good, that like they did last season, as soon as they realised and that was it, they went boom, boom, win, win, and they're they're going to do the same again. You obviously brought in Jed Steer yesterday. Um, and do you think obviously Phillips starting today? Is it Phillips' shirt to lose? Is it that they're going to have to fight it out, or is Phillips your number one goalkeeper at the moment? No, no, it's Dylan's number one, and. I've told Dylan that in the in the summer, and then I said, "Look, I'm bringing in a goalkeeper to compete with you. I've got I've got three or four strikers in the building to compete for two positions. So now I've got two goalies to compete for one position. That's life. If you don't have competition, then you can 
take your foot off the pedal and, and we can't afford to do that not not in any position so yeah at the end of the day deals in goal said to him you keep doing well you stay in the goal if you don't then you come out it's, it's that simple and uh, can we expect any more can you give us any details on anybody else yeah yeah yeah. obviously we're looking we need a centre half that's, that's 100% we need a centre half as cover we've we've got Pat Nabby and Pierce. they're the only three centre halves we've got, we need another right footed centre half and uh, we need obviously another central midfielder because we're light there and I'd like maybe another like a 7-11-9 type of player so um, yeah. you close to anything yeah yeah we, we nearly had a a 9 on Thursday and we, we we thought we had him we thought he was on his way and then the championship side come and nicked him so we was close but just not that close <laughs> so but yeah listen we just keep working hard and, and yeah. trying to bring in the best players we can and um that's, I think the three that we've brought in so far I think you can uh, you can say that they've been good good signings Definitely. I think just a couple more for me the match was obviously dedicated in, to the memory of Jack Jeffries who uh, sadly lost his fight with neuroblastoma last month yeah. hugely emotional day for the family but a day that saw the Charlton family come together for them yeah yeah. like I said to the dad like I, I just don't know what to say you know like I can't imagine how they feel you can't like, and me being a parent as well, oh, it's, it's, it's your worst nightmare. Mm. Um, but all, all I said is like, oh, just it was just good to see you know, and everyone coming together in, in, in that special time before the game. But um, all I can say is like to send like condolences and stuff, you know. But yeah, it's just a tough thing to. What, what, what do you say, you know? Like it's just just heartbreaking. And uh, just looking forward to, to Tuesday and Milton Keynes. I assume there'll be changes for that game. Yeah, there'll be a lot of changes. Yeah, a lot under twenty threes maybe. Yeah, okay. Or maybe one or two oh, a bit older ones, but um, yeah, mainly twenty threes. You are listening to Charlton Live. <laughs> so welcome back to Charlton Live. There, apologies if you had any issues with the quality of the audio for the Libaya uh, interview on the live show and um, there's certainly something wrong with the desk here it's playing stuff out a bit weird if you've listened to the podcast you won't notice any difference I'm going to cut it out and put in the proper version but um, a great interview there with Lee Bayer Tom um, so thanks for that but he, uh, he, he, gave You're us, welcome. He, gave, he gave us a lot of stuff which was uh, quite good actually but I think um, the, the, the first thing to mention and it's quite right that, that you, you asked Lee about it because it started at the, at the beginning of the game yesterday of course um, the, the teams were led out by the, the family of Jack Jeffries um, mm. it was so, so, so sad to see that, that, that Jack had passed away uh, last last month it was his, his dad Grant and I, I believe his grandfather was called David who, who, led, who led the two teams out um, you know, his you know his uh, plight was something that we we spoke about on the show a few times. I remember, we 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 all sent um, mm. Christmas cards to him, and then people were raising money around the ground for him. And um, when you know, sadly, he's uh, he he came to pass away last month. It's something that obviously hit his family very hard, but as the Chelton family as well, we were also devastated for him. Yeah, and it's um. It was tough trying to trying to commentate on it. Uh, obviously, a million times tougher for them having to go through what they've had to go through. Um, and it w- it was a nice touch to to get them to lead the team out. Um, I've seen quite a few tributes laid by the Sam Bartram statue as well, and obviously the minutes applause and n- nothing can can repair what they're having to deal with at the moment. But as I said to Boya, it kind of 
the Charlton family pulled together for them. Um, obviously, the win perhaps puts a little smile on their face. As I say, it can't go anywhere near repairing everything that they've had to go through over the last year or so since since Jack was diagnosed. But um, yeah, I thought the club handled it well. Um, I thought it was a fitting tribute to him. Um, and obviously, as I say, to get the win, an- another nice tribute as well. Yeah, some nice words from from Brian Cole before the mm. uh, before the, the minutes mm. applause as well, which was um, I'm sure not very easy to do, like we say for for Brian, but for the the family out there, like I say, I hope I hope that just helps ever, ever so slightly just to know that the, the Charlton family uh, is is behind them. Um, that was your first time interviewing Bowyer, wasn't it? I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, if, yeah. How did you find him? He's he's quite he, he, when he when he's happy to get going. He's uh, he, he gives you a lot. I mean, he, he mentioned about the fact that we were close to a number nine uh, on, on Thursday, which I don't think we heard about before, yeah. and and he ended up going to. A championship club. Now Nathan's our uh, our, our transfer guru. He's been going down all the transfers he could I find. I could be wrong though. I could be. I'm I mean, it wouldn't be the first now. time. But you, you reckon? <laughs> so, you, so you reckon you worked out who it might have been? So I I looked. At, I'm sure it was. I'm going to double check, before, and I'll let you know by the show. But I thought it was Joe Garner because that was the only striker that left on Thursday to a championship club. Mm. Unless That's, unless someone ended up going on Friday on loan, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. I'll, have, I'll have another look now but that's the only one but again would we be after Joe Garner it's a, it's a striker but that's more of a number like a proper old mm. school centre forward isn't it not yeah. a winger come forward but then right. he did say it was number 9 yeah, it's so. number 9 yeah. so that'd be the right yeah. so Chapman Live exclusive we nearly signed Joe Garner <laughs> according to but, Nathan but didn't but, yeah, didn't. No, but I think the positive thing to come out of that is it, it provided Bowyer's you know, being honest with us, they've tr- they were still trying to make moves for other players, and mm. obviously he goes on to say they're going to keep working on it. I think it's clear, and he's made it clear in plenty of interviews. We need more players. We've said that. Even all the players are saying that. So mm. hopefully, it's a sign that they are still working on more to come. It's all about getting belief into the team as well. He said, "I've told them that you guys are flipping good," and mm. uh, and they need I'm to sure it's exactly it. what he said. Yeah, and, and they need to be- to believe it uh, themselves. And you know, I mean, we we talked about whether purely his enthusiasm and uh, you know bigging the team up is going to be enough to get us through you know every player we've spoken to about the size of the squad and has certainly said we need more players as well but you know it's, it's, it's better than do you remember David Moyes at the start of the uh, the season with Sunderland when he came out and said oh we are probably going to get relegated so I mean it's, it's the right sort of talk you want from the manager isn't it yeah and he's got a even though he's working with a small squad he's got to still make him motivated um I think as soon as you start giving players excuses of oh yeah like David Moy special then the mentality is that you are going to get relegated and I think obviously Bose is going to set the set the bar higher to keep the standard so they he doesn't let the standards drop mm. um, and I think that's what the type of guy Bose is he's a winner and then that's how he wants every single one of his players to to sort of go out on the pitch and do which we've seen so far for the for the first two games so. Yeah, I'm, I'd rather him come out and say, yeah, I'd go for top two, or then him go, yeah, we'll probably, yeah, we're aiming for about thirteenth. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because if he said that, it'd be even worse. So, um, yeah, no, I think it's a good thing. Keeps everyone on their toes. Yeah. Well, let's have a look at some of the tweets that started coming in uh, about yesterday's game. Don't forget, if you want to have your say, you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk, or you can tweet us. Uh, at Charlton Live, we want your views on the the general performance yesterday. We also want to know what you made, for example, of the the debut of uh, Albie Morgan. What, what do you think about Jed Steer coming in as well? Let us know because, of course, Dylan Phillips has the number one jersey at the moment. But it's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about. 
work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Now, has Jed Steer come here to sit on the bench? You'd assume not. He played a lot of games in, in the championship over the last few years as well. So uh, interesting to know who you would like to see as a number one or if you think that, that uh, Phillips will get his chance as number one. Uh, so yeah, like I say, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. We can tweet us at Charlton Live. Right, F. James. Uh, good evening, chaps. Yesterday's performance was nervy and disjointed, but somehow we got the three points. A great result considering a depleted squad. If what I'm hearing uh, is fact, the saga will soon be over. It's too late for perm signings, but the good loans are paramount. Also, uh, as is the case every other week, someone started a rumor that the takeover is going through this week. But I mean, as I say, I'm not going to get too carried away with that. But you know, if it does, in terms of a uh, uh, if it does go through soon, then hopefully that will improve what we can get in terms of loan signings. But um, yeah, I mean, F says that he felt the performance was a bit nervy and disjointed. I mean, at times, in particular in that first half, you know, we we, we certainly looked disjointed, and I think at the start of the second half, it was probably nervy when they had their three big opportunities. But you know, that that first goal for me, uh, midway through the first the second period, really sort of calmed some of those nerves for a bit. Yeah, I think. Um... Yeah, nervy and disjointed are both pretty relevant words for that first half. As we've we've all said that it just we were resorting to long balls, and I, I don't understand why we were doing that. And not only that, but there are a few times where Dills was aiming specifically for Mark Marshall with long balls, and he was up against someone like Beckles. It's just a complete mismatch. So it was a bit strange, but we know what that midfield can do. Um, you know, Aribo is one of our best players on the ball. Even Lapsley, I know he's only had two or three games at this level, but when he's got on the ball he looks good as well and we've got players that can do that so it was disjointed in that first half I think in the second half once we got the ball we uh, sorry once we got a goal we we looked better we looked calmer um, but then yeah when they scored we did get a bit nervy again but I think that's normal you know we hadn't got a win um, from last week when perhaps we felt we deserved it we have still got a small squad there are a lot of young players in there um, it, I think it's normal to be nervous but Hopefully that win will give them some confidence going forward ahead of next week. Uh, Ev continues, says, With the fan base returning and optimism both uh, on the terraces and within the club, there is one direction, brackets, no, not that awful band. The only way is up. Let's just hope uh, that our new owners share our desire. Well, let's hope the new owners turn up at some point, I think, <laughs> is, 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 is the first thing. Uh, he's talk- interesting point actually talked about um, fans returning I mean the the, the actual crowd yesterday was, was announced as 9,000 or something but I mean uh, I had confirmed that b- before the game that season tickets are literally just under 6,000 like 597 something um, so we're just under 6,000 but obviously it was a very very low crowd again yesterday not helped by the fact that Shrewsbury probably only bought about 500 as well but you know with in, in terms of you, when you look around the ground you're just looking like we're desperate for a, a little something just to, to pick us up. And it, it, it's still great that 
that we can enjoy last minute winners and that, but you know, we we we're still waiting just for that that moment when everyone is ready to come back, aren't we? Yeah, you just need you just need that little bit of fresh impetus for which would be the um, obviously the takeover if it does ever happen. Um, because, yeah, there's obviously a lot of people that are choosing not to come, which they're more than in their rights to do. Um, we'll have no problem with that. Um, if you did have a problem, what would you do? Would you no, go no, and round not, them up with a net and bring no, <laughs> no, not a problem, but obviously I'd just rather them in the ground than not in the ground, I mean. But, yeah. Um, because this, we all love watching Charlton, and it's sad to see that they're not coming because of someone who who owns a club at the moment. Mm. And it's a sh- it is a big shame, because I remember coming here in the premiership years with a season to Kenny, it was bouncing. I remember yeah. what it was like. Just like Sunderland last week, that's what it used to be like at Charlton. Mm. It used to be full, it used to be loud, it used to be a horrible place to come. Um, but that's the thing, I mean, people see no other way of... I mean, yeah. everyone does their bit in some way to try and get rid of, of Roland du Châtelet. And that's, mm. um, you know, for some people that is, they will not spend another penny. And you can you can understand it. I mean, some people will feel like, oh, there's not really much we can do. I mean, there is the, the you know, the card protests that we've seen, we saw this week with the water bottles. Of course, the Roland Out Today party... Uh, are doing something quite inventive as well, running for uh, for a local election in in Roland's hometown back in in Belgium as well. So, but but a lot of people will think, well, this is the only thing I can do if I don't give him any more money. Hopefully, that will push him towards moving on. Yeah, uh, and I don't think even just that. I think some people have fallen out of love with with it all because of that as well, which is a shame. So, the question then is that as and when Roland is no longer the owner, can we get those people back? Because as Naif says, there was a time where you would come to the valley, even not just at the top flight, and the place would be absolutely bouncing. And you think of that campaign under under Chris Powell when we won the league, and you think of the crowds then. It wasn't necessarily full every week, but the atmosphere was amazing. And it's just such a shame that we've lost that. I completely agree with you both. I, you know, if people want to stay away, then I completely appreciate that. And it can't be easy for them not coming every week when charting such a big part of their lives. So. You know, they're not just staying away because they just can't be bothered or they just don't fancy it. They're doing it because they're trying to make this club better again. So, um, you know, I understand why they're doing it. It's just difficult when you come here and it is such a, a small crowd because we all know what Charlton can be and it's just so far away from that at the moment, which is such a shame, especially when it's it's the fault of one person. Right, when, uh, when I said we'll do some sleuthing to try and work out who that number nine was... Uh, you know, so we put our best man on the case in, in, in Nathan, but I think Carl Sage might have uh, had a guess as well. Is it Dwayne? Uh, no, he says, oh. I think the number nine was probably Lucas Nimpcher. And, from and, Man City? Yeah, on loan mm. from Man City, he signed on loan for Preston, so, that, so that's another mm. another name out there uh, mm. that, that it could have been. So yeah, Dwayne Carl. Holmes was on there, but I don't think he would have left Scunthorpe for a rival, would he? No. They're the only strikers I could mm. see, but that's another good shout. Yeah. Well, where did Dwayne Holmes go, sorry? Uh, I can't did, remember. Um, he went to... Somewhere in the championship. Yeah, uh, Derby, yeah. Derby, fair enough. Right, um, uh, finally from Ebby says, we need to let Boya get on as he knows exactly what he is doing. I remember him making his debut in 94. Also, he was a fighter to clear his name alongside Chandler with that infamous drugs test. Uh, he got through that so he can easily turn our club around, give him a chance, I say. Well, I think, uh, yeah, I think the majority of Charlton fans certainly seem to be giving him that chance. I mean, uh, we we're still saying, I remember during the summer, he was saying he expected to be made the permanent manager before... Um, the the start of the season obviously that hasn't happened but now he's come out yesterday and said that now he expects to be made it by the end of August if the takeover hasn't gone through I mean you assume he's been getting all this from 
from Roland, so you're sure that he wouldn't just be saying it, I imagine. So, um, <laughs> stupid events. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, do, do you think that matters now at the moment? I mean, we spoke to Prattley yesterday, you'll see it tomorrow, but he already views him as the permanent manager as far as he's concerned. Yeah, I think so. I think even if his takeover happens tomorrow, um, which it probably won't, well, it won't put, you know, it's been, it's been done deal Start loads of times. Yeah. Um, but if it happens tomorrow, I still think Bowie should be should should be left as it is anyway. I don't think it'll be what the point would be in changing it now when he's had a whole pre-season, put all the players in that he wants to then go and change a manager. So yeah, I'd ju- I'd just make him permanent manager now. I don't see what the difference is. I really mm. don't. Right, Freddie Wells already sent an email for tonight's show, but forgot to mention Albie Morgan really <laughs> impressed me when he came on. Good delivery from crosses. Didn't look out of place. Seems he'll be an exciting member of the first team squad this season. That's interesting. I mean, we'll, we'll, I was going to talk about Albie later, but now we've got this tweet, we might as well do it now. Now, you know, Albie Morgan's a name you know, you've heard of it from, you know, under 23 free games and that, or under 18s, whatever it is, but you never actually thought, he wasn't the one I was expecting to come on at all yesterday. I mean, Taylor Maloney, we've seen a bit of, you know, George Lapsley's really taken his chance so far this season, but Morgan sort of came a little bit out of left field, and when I saw he was coming on yesterday, I, I genuinely thought it must be an injury for him to be chucking him on. Mm. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. I thought he was one of those absolutely no disrespect to him but I thought he was one of those that was filling the bench because we didn't have any other players because mm. um, he weren't even on the bench at Sunderland no exactly but, but that I think is because he's had his injuries yeah. as well of yeah. course and then um, it was Nath that saw him jog off from uh, at half time quite quickly and said you know what I think he might be coming on and yeah and then obviously he did come on and then you're a little bit nervous because uh, as you say it's a name I've heard but I didn't know too much about him I didn't even know you know what age he was or if I assumed it was his debut but hadn't really you know didn't know much about him other than seeing him in those kind of 23s and 18s games and he just took to it didn't he and he was he was calm on the ball again like Lapsley he just didn't look overawed by the occasion at all and again I know it is a a small crowd that were actually here yesterday but it's a big stadium and it you know it's a big step up we've seen people who've played at conference level and stuff then come back from loan spells and try and play at this level and find it difficult because you're playing against big experienced like men and that, and he just took to it and was was absolutely fine I think um, there is always of course a danger that if you over rely on on young players and we've seen it time and time again you're talking about Carl and you think how how long it's taken him to get up to to speed really the, the second half of last season before you know when he was thrown in three or four years ago there's always a danger that if you you know you, you could burn them out it happened with I mean I remember Carl Robertson saying about Steffi Mavadidi that he played him too long and that's why he got that season ending injury a couple of times ago because they're not used to playing this high level intensity of football twice a week which is what you have to do in League One so you, you know, whereas it's all it's nice to see these players come in and do that in their first game. I guess uh, you have to remember how young they are, and perhaps it, it, you don't want to expect them to be doing that every week. No, exactly. And I was just about to say that. So when yeah, when when you've got someone that young, obviously they've obviously George and Ali have played this well. Is what we can't expect them to keep do it, keeping that consistency level sort of throughout the season because you don't even have season pros. You mean we mentioned Mark Marshall earlier? He's not been he's not been consistent. He's what thirty. Mm. Um, so as long as the, you know we're all patient with them and there's going to be times where they make mistakes um, and then they're going to be better players for it but 
it's good that they're getting it's good that they're getting the chances, but we still need those players in, which we're always talking about, just to protect them a little bit, like you said about Mavadidi, because we don't want to burn them out because they are still playing under twenty three foot was completely different to playing f- f- first team. Mm. Right, Alex Rogan said, uh, "Superb to see young players like Lapsley and Morgan breaking through. We are a club who pride ourselves on our academy set up and rightfully so." Uh, an absolute conveyor belt of talent long may it continue we pride ourselves on ourselves we just don't feed them or, or indeed let them have any water from plastic bottles <laughs> uh, we were, uh, there was one thing I was thinking of running later but I don't know if we're going to have time about you know now that the club has become so environmentally friendly of course what, what else can we do because also we've saved we've saved a lot of paper by not signing too many players contracts so that's mm-hmm. quite good I mean what else could the club do to, to, to save the environment like they have done with the water bottles. I mean, they could extend that to the first team, for example. We've not used any sort of um, sort of wash like cleaning products that are poisonous on the seats or anything. Mm. Yesterday, did we? We ain't used that over the summer because they were filthy yesterday. We? <laughs> so we've done that. Smaller team sheets. Yeah, yeah smaller yeah, team sheets. Yeah, yeah, more paper saving. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, although oh, did, another good thing was no uh, bottled water in the press box. Yeah. But I think that was slightly then. Um, no food. Neg- no pies. No food, indeed. No, yeah. there was no food yesterday. Oh, but it was negated by the fact that the, the now to get the water, it comes in a glass jar and you still pour it into a plastic cup. <laughs> <laughs> So I ended up just bringing a bottle of water from home anyway. So. <laughs> uh, right, Dan Sheed says, credit where it's due to Chris Solly. He hasn't been the same player in the last few years, but clearing the ball off the line at 0-0 was a massive turning point in the match. And yeah, I mean, you can't... I mean, I thought he's looked good so far this season. Uh, if uh, Considering he's asked, asked to play in a back three, which he hasn't done too often against Sunderland, I thought he played really well. And he, I thought he looked fine yesterday as well. Yeah, he's just, he's, he knows, you know where you're going to get with Souls. He's a season pro and I still think he's one of the best one-on-one defenders. Mm. Uh, I just think, to, someone like Page as well, learning from Souls, I don't think you're going to learn from anyone better. He's just, he's just, does he's not glamorous in what he does he never goes past people or dribbles it he just does the the simple things and he'll give you 150% every game Mm. Um, and that's why we love him and you know hopefully he can stay injury free this year Uh, or we manage him better it's a bit of a bit of a hope to say he won't get injured but (laughs) Um, and then he obviously gets some sort of testimonial in the summer. Yeah, he was talking about, as, I mean, he was talking about how he'd love it for for it to be against the Arsenal. I get his team, innit? Yeah, yeah. but uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I might not fancy that, actually. <laughs> I don't know, after that, after they play today, I was going to say. Yeah, right, Daniel Trafen says, uh, we rode our luck a bit, but pushed on and got our reward. We deserve the win overall. Uh, Lee Bowyer is a half glass full man and I like it positivity rather than doom and gloom shame the crowd was so low uh, once the rat goes I'm sure we'll see a significant spike uh, in numbers I mean that I mean that's it. the the worry and the danger is that now that people have got out the habit of coming but I'm sure, I'm sure we will get a lift certainly but it's not like we're going to suddenly jump back to crowds of 15,000 in League 1 unfortunately is it no and that's what I was saying earlier that there's people now who stop coming because of him and have found other ways of spending their Saturdays and it's going to be about how we get them back I'm sure when the takeover first happens the first game back will be a a bumper crowd Um, and then it's whether those people decide to stay and stick it out again and whether they fall back in love with the club because I'm sure they're still chanting fans in their heart but if you find something else to do at weekends and you start to get out of the routine of coming that's that's where the danger is but um, yeah crowds will go up as and when it happens if Roland ever sells us Um, but yeah, I don't know necessarily that it's going to be the big spike that some people perhaps expect. Right, Jonathan Ackworth tweets in, Ross McCormack and Mika Richards have both been told to leave on a free. Uh, they'd be superb additions to the squad. I imagine they'd, uh, their wages might be a little bit out of our uh, of, of our price range, but you, you, you never know. 
Um, right, Kai said, uh, first half was poor from both teams. Second half uh, was very good. And in the end, I think we deserved the win. We need to play well for the full 90 minutes, though. Uh, I'm just glad to be back at the Valley. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's easy to forget that was actually our, our first home game. And it is nice to, to finally be back because I didn't actually go to either of the, the two friendlies. So just, just being back at the Valley uh, is always a, always a nice thing. Yeah, no, it's nice to be back. Um, pitch looked great again. Nathan and the boys done good. Uh, we were saying before the match, but yeah, it was nice to be back. But I mean, if if we're going to be up in that top two, we're going to have to have a really good home form um, and beat the likes of Shrewsbury like what we did yesterday. So always nice to start with a win, considering I think we should have had one point at least against Sunderland. Right, uh, we've spoken from Carl and uh, Scott Hamilton's just answering because Nozza on on Twitter actually tweeted the formation we played. In the second half yesterday, sounded really groovy. He said he'd love to know Boya's thought process behind Saar at right at, at right centre back and Solly at left centre back. Well, now you know because uh, it was on the uh, it was on the Charlton Live interview with him earlier, uh, so you heard that right. We'll have a quick break. There's still a few things to talk about. I want to discuss uh, you know Phillips versus Jed Steer. Uh, we've got a few more tweets about Albie Morgan, which I think we we can talk about in, in further depth as well, uh, including one from uh, from Sever, which absolutely broke my heart. But I'll let you know that uh, after this quick break. <laughs> Welcome back, this is Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Everything that we play out of the desk sounds weird this evening, even that thing didn't sound quite right, but yeah, apologies for that, I'm going to take a hammer to this desk after the show. That'll and, definitely fix it. Yeah, oh, it probably will, yeah, and uh, and hopefully the audio will sound a little bit better uh, by next week. Right, um, we've got a couple of emails which I think I'll dive into first, then we'll, we'll, we'll come out and talk about Albie Morgan in a bit, a bit more depth, because we've got a few tweets about them, but the first one... Uh, comes from Freddie Wells. He did promise us that he, uh, he sent us an email, and indeed he has. He says, "Hi guys, fantastic result yesterday. Nice to be on the, the right side of a late winner uh, for a change. You forget how often we actually conceded late goals last season, especially when we started doing it on, on here up at Sunderland as well. So I hope we don't start making that habit again this year." He says, "My expectations for this season uh, going into this game were low. Not expecting promotion, just would be happy to avoid a relegation battle. Today's result." Shows me that we have the potential to compete if we get some more players in, and that's the that's the main of it. So, I mean, we're two games into the season now. We played well in in, in both those games, thankfully. Uh, only got three points from from one of them, but it's it's still early in the season now. People say you've got players to come back, which of course we do. But then, I mean, if there's players coming back, that means there'll be players going out injured as well, really, doesn't it? Yeah, and you know, we've I think Bo's reeled off the players that we got injured, which everyone's more the, more aware of. But by the time they all come back, we're probably going to be. T- nearing a third of the season all the way through so we do need um, which obviously Bose has said that we need a couple of players two or three to come in still um, just to help us along the lines until they do get back but I think the season's positive I think it depends on what sort of players we do get in um, on on how well we do Um, I mean yeah yesterday was 
I, I was I wasn't too sure about yesterday. It was going to be interesting to see how we played, and I was actually quite after the first, obviously first half, second half, it was positive. So yeah, I'm with Freddie. I think a lot more positive than I was mm. than yesterday. All right, continues. Bit of a dull first half. Marshall was ineffective, and it was a bold decision by Bowyer to hook him off at half time, but definitely the right decision as Shrewsbury couldn't handle our change of formation in the second half. My man of the match was gorgeous George Lapsley. Uh, you can definitely tell he's a Charlton fan by the way he plays. He gave his all on the pitch and put in a great cross for Taylor's goal. Made terrific runs forward and defended well for the side. Am I right in saying that his preferred position is in central midfield? Yeah, so he certainly is. And like I say, I mean, he, he is a Charlton fan. It's always nice to, to have one player and you always know you're going to get 100 and, 150% from a, from a Charlton fan. Um, uh, but, like I say, the, the pressure on, on, on the shoulders of these young men, you sort of forget, I mean, you, you, you go to the Valley and you're thinking, right, I'm just looking at a football player here. You forget that some of them are probably half your age and, 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 and you know, they've got so much pressure to, you know, be playing in a League One, you know, up against senior, uh, your senior players from a team that did really well last season as well. The, for them to come through and perform like they have so far has, has been quite impressive. Yeah, really impressive and, not quite half my age, if the word would be very, very young to be making a debut. But uh, you see the uh, the interview after the game with those two, and Albie Morgan does look about 12, to be fair. Um, and you do forget that. And, and as we've said time and time and time again, you have to be careful with managing those players. And especially for Lapsley, it looks like because of injuries and until we get another centre mid in, he could well be playing for the next eight or nine games, which obviously for him, it's brilliant. I bet he, he can't wait to be playing all that time. But we need to manage him because if we go on a bad run or if we come up against a lot of big bruising teams, you know, he's going to get knocked about and we need to manage these young players carefully because we don't want another grant on our hands. Um, look how long it's taken him then to to find his, his rhythm again at this level. But to give them the exposure and to just let them see what it's like to be part of the first team, I think is fantastic and we've always done that and I hopefully we'll continue to do so. But yeah, in terms of their performances yesterday and Lapsley last week as well, I can't find any fault really. Um, I thought Lapsley looked a little bit rabid in the headlights last year when he came on, but he's sort of tightened up his game a little bit, and I'm sure having Prattley alongside him helps with that respect as well. So, um, yeah, all good so far. Mm, right, uh, Freddie's email continues. Uh, Taylor and Grant up front were frightening. Like Lapsley, Carlin didn't stop running and looked to fret with the ball at his feet. So happy for him to bag the winner. He deserves his chance in the first team now. As for Lyle Taylor, it's exciting to have a strong and aggressive striker who bullies defenders on our side for once. Uh, something we've lacked since Jan left and hopefully he'll build on a terrific start to his Charlton career. Funnily enough, one of the one of the things uh, when Lyle Taylor signed for us, and obviously our, we'd already seen him playing for Wimbledon before, he, look, he looks a handful, he looks lively, but uh, I just put it out on Twitter just to the you know, a Wimbledon reporter for, for BBC London just to ask what he's like, but then actually a Wimbledon fan jumped into the conversation as well and said, uh, you know, Taylor's got all these qualities, but he said he's not actually that good in the air. But I'm um, so it's, it's good to see that he's got off to a a, a start with with a headed goal already. Because I mean, I thought he he, he battled well for that header and, and took it well. Yeah, I thought it was a good battle all day between um, him and Beckles. I think obviously Beckles don't uh, been watching too much WWE at some stages, but um, uh, yeah, it was it was nice. Cause I think yeah, I think Josh Josh was good, but sometimes I think I don't know. I think Josh probably should have won a few more duels than he actually did. Whereas Taylor, he's one of those horrible forwards, ones who puts himself about, really aggressive, um, and he and he holds the ball up very well. And I think he links up with him and Grant. Have got a good good partnership, which is nice to see because we only used to have it. Well, we were used to having just the one up front with the previous yeah. formation. 
Yeah, it's funny. It's funny you say he's horrible because actually in real life it seems like a really nice bloke <laughs> as well, doesn't he? Like, yeah, I, spoke to, I spoke to him very briefly after the, after he injured himself against Crawley, and he was happy to, to to chat. And then you know when he bundled that bloke into the post yesterday after he'd done it, he was checking he was all right. So he's like a nice bloke. Uh, right, uh, Freddie says happy for the winners. We 100% deserved all three points. Just waiting for the you know what now. Surely it will happen before January. So for me, all Boya has to do is keep us from sinking until the new owners come in to steady the ship. Yesterday uh, was my first match as a season ticket holder, and if it all goes to plan, I have a feeling this will be a season to remember. Great to have you guys back. Cheers. That's from Freddie Wells. Thanks, Freddie, for, for your email. Hopefully it will be a season to remember, uh, hopefully for the for the right reasons as that season continues. Right, Dan Farmer uh, has got involved. Says, all right, boys, Boya deserves to be the full-time manager uh, don't he working wonders at the end of last season? Unlucky not to get the draw last weekend and needed uh, and a needed three points yesterday. Plus getting his tactics right, not scared to change it up. Unlike Gobby at Oxford, how did they do yesterday? Lowell, they got they got beat again, didn't they? Oxford, they've lost both their two games, and that is a good point. Then you know, changing tactics up is something like we said earlier on in the show. I mean, that's a brave decision the way he changed formation and brought on such an inexperienced player in Albie Morgan. And, and it certainly paid off for him. And, and but it's, it's not just about you know nicking the last minute goal. If we'd gone on to draw the game yesterday, he would have been disappointed with one all. But it's the way the passages of play changed in that second half, and that's what the tactical switch does to you. You know, a lapse in defence. That's something that's not really tactics. That's a lapse in defence. And then the same with nicking a last minute goal. It's not tactics. It's nicking a last minute goal. But the way the second half was played out, that's what the tactical change did for us. Yeah, and that's what. We want to see, obviously, from any manager, but especially Boya, because when he came in at the end of last season, it was very much a firefighting job. And like someone like Harry Redknapp comes in to, to other sides and just kind of jeezes players up and gets them over the line. That's what Boya seemed to do last year. He he changed, obviously, to four four two immediately, but then he didn't do too much tactical after that. It didn't seem on the surface of things when you're, when you're seeing it as a fan. And he got us through to the semi-finals, and obviously you miss out. And... Then we said uh, uh, on the first podcast this year, he's got a different job now because he's well, he's still caretaker manager, not not full uh, full manager, but he's now got to take this team over a full campaign, and it's very different to just going in there and trying to get the best out of players just for six or seven games. But so far, he's shown that you know, and he studied Sunderland and thought three at the back was going to work best, and I think for large parts of that game it did. He's then tried to change it up this time because again for tactical reasons and when that hasn't worked he's had the initiative to change it again and you look at someone the the easy comparison like that person made of Carl Robinson he wouldn't have done that you know he's got his 4-2-3-1 and he sticks with it and when it works it works but when it doesn't he seems reluctant to make any change to that and if Boya can continue that and continue to show uh, good reactions to, to how other teams play then that's the side of the manager that perhaps we didn't really get to see last year and that bodes well for the future, certainly in terms of him getting the job longer term. Yeah, because it's, it's always good to see a young manager who's quite happy to you know mm. learn on the job a little bit further down the leagues. And you know Harry Kewell's doing it at Crawley. I'm sure there's you know Lampard's gone in at Derby. That's going to be interesting for him as well. But he's, he's a fresh manager and he needs to learn. But he certainly you know he would have worked with some very good managers throughout his career, of course. And uh, hopefully he'll be able to bring some of that in, into what he does with us. Right, Dan's email continues. Prattley was great. Albie Morgan, what a player he could be. And Carlin and Taylor up top look great together. Igor 
or Igor Vettikalia will have to work hard uh, to get a starting place when he's fit. Jose, what's happened to him? Will he be gone? Most probably if we find someone that wants him. No, he certainly looks out of favour, doesn't he, doesn't he mm. Nicky Jose? You're on, on the bench again yesterday. He didn't come on, did he? No, so, Rico come on, didn't he? Yeah, so, I mean, linked with a move abroad, which he can still sign up until the end of August, With uh, you can still sell players abroad. Um, so, I mean, I, I described him as out of favour on Twitter the other day when I was, I was sort of trying to work out how many of the Charlton players who started the uh, first leg against Shrewsbury would be would start on yesterday. It turned out to be only one, Patrick Bauer. Um, and Shrewsbury only had three who started that game as well. So only four out of the 22 who started the playoff semi-final started mm-hmm. yesterday, just to show how much of a, a turnover there's been at both clubs. I mean, Shrewsbury don't look the same team as they did last year at all already, unfortunately for them. But yeah, interesting in a Jose. I mean, do you think we'll probably try and get rid of him? Um, I think him going will probably be a key on us getting someone else in, especially this winger come striker. Um I, don't, I can't see a Jose being on little wages. I don't think he's going to be massive, but I think those wages would probably be spent elsewhere. Um, but yeah, he didn't come on against Sunderland when we could have probably needed someone with a bit of pace. He didn't come on yesterday. Rico, you know, albeit only what four minutes or whatever it was, but he's obviously not in favour. So if Nicky wants to play, then it doesn't look like it's going to be very, here very often, apart from League Cup games mm. and probably checker trade. Yeah, well... Don't disrespect the checker trade, though. <laughs> Not under my roof. Right, um, uh, special mention to the fans uh, that turned up and made the noise and pushed the players. Hopefully a few more bodies in ASAP, and if so, we might just not be that bad this season. But this is Charlton. We always do it the hard way, and a certain person in Belgium doesn't uh, help matters, uh, does he? Let's hope all this takeover stuff gets sorted and the whole fan base comes together uh, as one that's all I want and promotion of course and he says cheers Dan that's all we want as well uh, promotion and the fan base to, to, to come together I mean again we're, we're still we're, you know we're looking at this win and we're looking at the performance at Sunderland last week and you know as we've said a lot you know we just think we just know we need just a few more bodies just to shore it up really I mean uh, spoke to Prattley again after the game yesterday which we'll be able to read uh, t- tomorrow morning and you know ev- everyone knows that we need some bodies because you know, it's all it's all well and good looking looking half decent at the start of the season when when we've already got a few injuries, but when we start to get a few more, I mean that's when it's going to really become, you know, we're really going to see how tough this season could be. Yeah, I think we've got the nucleus of a squad here that that could be better than last year's squad, and obviously we did manage to get in the playoffs with them. So I think there's every reason to be confident that we could do the same again this year. But it is dependent on getting at least two or three more players in. And I, you know that's not being greedy. We, we could get six or seven in and still be a relatively small squad in terms of what most te- teams would call first team players because we're still relying on a lot of youth. But without those players, for sure, we're we're going to struggle. Um, particularly whilst everything else off the pitch continues to to rattle on as well. So it's a weird sort of season because I think we're all still trying to figure out exactly where Charlton sit because that performance against Sunderland and the. The character we showed yesterday to get that last-minute winner, you think, right, OK, maybe there's some in there. And you look at the players we've still got to come back and you think, well, that's positive as well. But then with everything else that's going on and with when you're looking at the squad and going, well, Lapsley's had to play both games, uh, Albie Morgan's had to come on, you think, right, well, that's going to burn out at some point and then we're going to really struggle. So we're just in a weird place at the moment. I think six or seven games in, we'll be able to get a bit more of an idea and Bo has said that himself as well. So... I think until that point, it's just about getting through these games. And, and as I say, so far, I think we've actually done that quite well. Well, let's have a very quick break here on Charlton Live. We'll be back in 30 seconds.
So welcome back, this is Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. All our jingles are sounding like strangled cats at the moment, so apologies for that uh, and any cats we may have offended. Right, Richard Justin tweets, uh, really pleased with the steer signing, similar to Amos and Rudd, in that he's better than League One. And now that opens up the debate for me. So of course, Charlton have signed uh, Aston Villa goalkeeper Jed Steer on a season-long loan. He comes in... Uh, officially as competition for Dylan Phillips but I mean you, you look at someone who's played a, a lot in the championship he, even, he played for Aston Villa in the first game of the season um, and but he's come here and now I mean sh- we heard what Bayer said about him earlier he's going to be there to push Dylan but I mean sh- I can't imagine he's coming to sit on a bench surely has he? <laughs> of course he hasn't I, well maybe he has I don't know but you can't imagine him leaving Villa. He played on Monday and he's going to come to a League One team and just play the odd checker trade game. He's not. That can't happen. It won't happen. Mm. Um, which I feel sorry for Dills for. I think if I think <clears throat> last week I said if we got an experienced keeper and he was pushing him, um, it might have been better. But looking at it, I can't. I can't see Dylan being there much for much longer. But unless obviously Dills has a good game on Tuesday and hopefully Saturday and then keeps him out, that's it's his shirt to lose now. Um, but it's just a shame because I just know as soon as there's one probably one difficult game that Dylan may have he's going to be out and that's the mm. shame because I think he, des- he deserves a, f- a full season well, it's, it's ended um, up as the worst of both worlds for him isn't it because mm. I mean he he needs to play a full season now obviously he did it uh, with uh, Cheltenham didn't he when they were, mm-hmm. when they won the National League he played, he played for them that season I remember seeing him at Bromley and he played really well um, but you know he, he he's not well, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping he well, Hopefully, he still does get the chance. Hopefully, he does, you know, continue to perform well. But if, like I say, the second he comes out, then it's going to be Jed Steers for the taking now. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like Jed Steer, it, on paper, is a brilliant signing. Um, you know, as as the uh, person who tweeted in said, he's got experience at a higher level, like uh, Rudd and like Amos last year. But I, I agree with Nathan and, and Boya said it in the interview that it's. Dylan's is number one and if you take that on face value and that is the case then brilliant um, Steer's not going to be happy necessarily to hear that but I can't see that happening and I think it's so frustrating for Phillips because he deserves his chance in my opinion and I said on Thursday and, and Nace just echoed it there you bring someone in with experience who's happy to sit on the bench but can fill in that would have been perfect I think as it is Steer's going to want to play and you know, again, it only takes one mistake from Phillips, and that could be that. And what's he going to do then? That, that's the way you look at it. Uh, most likely thing, knowing Charlton, is one of them gets injured for the season anyway, so we won't have to worry about mm. it. But if they are both fit, it is healthy to have competition there. I fully appreciate that. My worry is that Steer is going to win that competition, and Phillips is once again going to be left on the bench. So. The difficult thing is, is that we can't even. Well, you can loan Dylan out, but then we're in the same situation yeah. again. So, yeah. and that's the I think the frustrating thing because yeah. if it was like, oh, Dylan, you can go to Grimsby on loan for a year, then I'd be like, oh, fair enough. But I know he's just Dylan's going to be sitting on that call box again, like it was last year, and done in the bugger. Yeah, um, I mean, I didn't see, I didn't, didn't seem to put any feet wrong yesterday, Dylan, no. did he? No, he made a couple of really good saves. That one down at his near post was really good. Come up, 
excuse me, commanded his area pretty well as well. Yeah, I think I just don't see why why you would take him out of the side. And like I say, if he keeps playing well, then Boyo hasn't really got any reason to drop him. And if that frustrates Steer, I don't really care because he's not our player anyway. Mm. He's just got to be ready to come in as and when he's called upon. And uh, that's what Boyo seemed to be saying from his interview yesterday. And if he does stand by that, then I'll be pleased. Mm. Right, Albert Rossi tweeted in saying, Lou, just want to say what a great job Jason Yule has done with those under-23s. And I think that the whole academy set up, really, from uh, Steve Avery, of course, uh, le- leading the whole operation to, to the players coming up through, through the ranks. We always do seem to have a, a bit of a conveyor belt of talent. And now, uh, as we sort of said earlier, the, the surprise package for me yesterday was Albie Morgan, just because I wasn't expecting him to, A, come on at all, and B, actually you know change change the way we play. But Bowie really put his... Uh, uh, he's uh, he's trusting him uh, and got his just rewards as he he he, uh, he moved the ball around nicely, including uh, the, the the little dink over the top for Darren Prattley to cross uh, for the, for the winning goal yesterday. So I, I put out on Twitter just for some uh, specific comments from about Albie Morgan and how people saw him play yesterday. Ev said, "I thought Albie Morgan looked." Uh, focused, unfazed and committed reminds me of a certain Mark Kinsella if that's the case we have no worries with the injured still to come back and Reeves uh, we can take this season head on uh, at least at last we have a chance. Valiant said when I first saw him come on I couldn't help but think how small is he he showed a lot of maturity for one so young he was composed, assured and put himself about we were all very impressed and uh, I, I, said, I said how big a difference did he make to the game and Carl Williams just said it was big uh, so he made a, a big difference. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you don't often expect to see a young player come on and look so calm. Because now, you know, with all due respect to to Lapsley, who's had a great start to this season. But you remember uh, when he came on against Blackpool just mm. before Christmas for his, his league debut, came off the bench, and he he looked a bit like a rabbit in headlights, which is not what we've seen from Lapsley at all this year, or what I've seen from him for the twenty threes. But just when it's your big league debut, you can be a bit nervous. But we didn't really see any of that from Morgan yesterday. No, and I think a lot of it uh, might extend from the big pre-season all of them had because I think they all went, they all travelled with a the squad, they stayed with a squad, and um, and I think Bo said earlier in uh, just before the season started how you know the three of them mainly, so obviously Lapsley, Morgan, and Doughty, how much they've improved from when he first came into now, um, just by training with the with the uh, with the first team, and yeah, I mean Albie yesterday, he also looks like he's got a good dead ball on him as well. Um, looks confident, doesn't mind the ball. He was calling for the ball. Um, like I said earlier, a lot of players would be really nervous and hide from it. But yeah, he looks very, very comfortable and very confident in himself, and mm. it bodes well for him. Yeah, right, Mark Newbury, evening boys. I'm guessing uh, that my boys, he's just had uh, twins in the summer, uh, will be at work before Roland sells. Uh, so stop listening to the rumours about the selling of the club. Or even Mark's going to like. Send them down the pit really early or something, or he's just thinking that they're not going <laughs> to. The Rollins not going to sell uh, for a while. Uh, he said, uh, uh, "Weird for me yesterday to not do my normal routine on a match day with nappies and feeds taking over the normal parking spot. Uh, uh, walk to the ground and pre-match chat with my mates. Glad to see uh, we get a result and good to see Albie get a chance. Now hoping we don't lose any more to injury uh, against Milton Keynes on Tuesday. Do we have to play a certain number of players from the league game in these games?" Uh, because we might run out of legs early on if we do. No, we don't. It's only the the checker trade that they bring that rule in because it's such a pointless competition that they have to make a rule <laughs> that you're not allowed to put out like children, no. like actual children, to to play in the checker trade. Because say like, Mark Newbury's kids could have a run out. Yeah, they? yeah, yeah. We could do actually. Yeah, uh, they'll probably get injured. Unfortunately, <laughs> he says. He says. Was there any update on the return of injured players? Uh, from Bayou. There wasn't really, but I don't think we're really expecting anyone back soon. Mm. Obviously, we know even Pierce is going to be a couple of weeks now. Mm. So, 
Yeah, not not really uh, expecting anyone back in, in in the short term, which is a shame uh, because we do need those extra bodies. Right, um, just five minutes or so left. I guess we should start to look ahead to Tuesday's game. Uh, Bo, you said it is going to be. Uh, I, I tweeted out what, what he, he told me during the interview yesterday. I said it's going to be an under twenty threes team with a smattering of first team players. And then someone replied, "Isn't that what we play today as well?" <laughs> uh, but I mean, how how do you approach this game? I mean, it, it's it's really a competition we could do without this season, mm. isn't it? Uh, Yes and no. I think if we just play our under-23s and they get a win, I think that's actually a good thing. One, because it gives them confidence. And two, joking aside, there's a chance that we're going to need to use more of them for the rest of this season. So if they get some first-team experience, then that's not a bad thing. I mean, if we get knocked out, I'm not going to complain. But if we get through, it gives some of those players, like your Maloney's and your Albie Morgan, some more game time and a bit more experience so that when we need them in the, the league that is actually more important then um, they're going to have more game time under their belt so I think to that extent it, it's actually quite useful but as I say if we get knocked out I'm going to have no complaints at all mm. Yeah I think Nicky Jose probably gets some minutes on, on Tuesday <coughs> yeah. as well which would be good because again I mean he's, he is someone there will there will be players who haven't had any first team minutes for a while you know, whether it's in pre-season or in the league games now but you know, just anyone who can have a, a few minutes in their legs will be useful as and when we, we do get desperate and have to use them yeah, exactly. I think obviously a Jose gets some, Rico will probably gets some. Um, everyone, you just got. We haven't got especially um, centre half. I don't know. He'd put. Would he put? They'll probably start. Would he be like Cummins or something like that? He'd probably put them in there, wouldn't he? Because mm. um, obviously I don't want him putting out Nabby or um, Paddy. Because if they get injured, yeah, it'd be yeah, a bit of a thing. But yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna need like Tom said, we're gonna need him at some stage as long as we don't use him too much. But. If it turns out that we win tomorrow, I'd, play, I'd do the same all the way through the competition. I'd just play well, the other 20 up, up until the final? I'd do it. Oh, yeah, why not? Well, that'd be impressive if we win the... I mean, we'd do like an Arsenal, if, wouldn't we? Yeah, if we, get to the, if we get to the League Cup final, you suggest <laughs> Against we, Man don't, City. we don't go out to win it, we just pack the 23s. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. Don't worry, sod it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess if we do win on Tuesday, is that the sort of momentum? Is that, is that going to go through to the first team? Soon it will be a change team. Can you take momentum from a cup game when it's... You know, probably only five or six of the of the actual first team going to play. No, I don't think you can really, and that's why, as I say, if we do get knocked out, it's it's no bad thing. What what it can do is, is give those players some more confidence. So, like I say, if I don't even know if Lapsley will play because you're talking about Lapsley as a first team regular these days, but Morgan and Maloney and, and even someone like a Jose, you know, if he scores uh, on Tuesday, maybe that just one gives him a little bit more confidence, and two means that. Uh, when we do get to next weekend and we've got a league game, Bowyer might consider him, um, despite the fact he doesn't seem to pa- to fancy him at the moment. So uh, I don't think necessarily it's momentum that it will carry through, but it will give individual players that confidence to take that into a league fixture. So that's good. And if they get knocked out, I'm sure Bowyer will say, well, there's a bit of experience for you youngsters and we'll try and get you involved in the, the league as much as we can as well. So for, for us, I think it's win-win. You just go out there, give it your all and see what happens. Excellent stuff. Well, let's hope that we. Uh, well, I, I don't. Know but let's hope that we do progress through to the next round of the League Cup. And if we do, let's just get a home draw because uh, it is uh, it is quite annoying having to take annual leave to go and watch uh, the under twenty threes. But there we go. Right, I'm going to end the show here uh, tonight. So thank you for for joining in with, with this evening's Charlton Live. It's always great to do our first show after a win uh, each season. So thank you for for listening in and uh, getting your emails and your tweets. 
uh, you know, getting involved as well. We'll be back on Thursday evening here, as long as uh, whatever I've done to the machine in between now and then means it still works. <laughs> but um, uh, so hope you, hopefully you'll join us for the big match preview on, on Thursday evening. So Tom, thank you for coming in this evening. Cheers, Louis. Nathan Muller, it's good to have you. Cheers, mate. I've been Louis Mendes. This has been Charlton Live. Great to finally get the season up and running with three points. We'll see you later. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.